The year is 5000 BC. Oh, you're done? Yep, that's it. That's <laughs> oh, it. the year is 5000. <laughs> yep. What more what greater intro do you need to know that we are not only before Christ, we're 5000 years before Christ. That we are not only that we get our first kind of Star Wars crawl. If you didn't know that we're talking about, we're going to talk about we're talking Marvel's about a Marvel movie entry. My God, controversial! This has been the most controversial movie. What a movie it has been! I think in recent years because it, it's just getting all the hate. I haven't more, really paid more attention. so than Black Panther, and the reason I say it is because Black Panther it got bombed, but then this one's been bombed so much. But it's... then Black Panther came out and they were like, yeah, it's actually really doing good. But now this one came out and they're still kind of... This one and they're still hating. Yeah. Only only in America. Of course. Everywhere America else hates... World, America except hates for the, lots of the few select countries that have withdrawn yeah. from it, most of yeah. the world seems to love this movie. And I'll be honest, I enjoyed it. We're talking about Marvel's Eternals. Oh boy, it's been a long time coming. Yes, and... I mean, go on and say... I, I'm Glenn. Once, yes, you're Glenn. I caught that right at the perfect time. I'm I'm the curious Tanner. I don't know why I'm the curious. Okay, okay, okay. I just come up with I was going to say the eternal Tanner. That would have been good. Would've, that is better. I'm, I'm, but, hey, you know, I'm uh, eternal Tanner. This That's... is Expect Entertainment. E squared for short. We're going to be talking about Marvel Eternals. Finally, the big Marvel movie. It started. Marvel yeah. Marvel has come back. We had Black Widow, but nah. At the present time, it is the second longest movie behind Endgame, I believe. Or no, Ooh. it's 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 in the top five because I think if any will may have beaten. You went from the second to well, top five. I, I started to so think about. It. I mean, Endgame is obviously the longest, but then Infinity War was really long. But I don't remember. We're within minutes of each other. I, I can't remember. Actual seconds I, of I, one I'm minute. Willing, I think Eternals is the second one right now, but here in... It was long. About 40 days, it'll be Spider-Man and the Way But uh, this movie changed it up quite a bit. Like we said, there was, a, there was a little title crawl, and we are starting in the year 5000 BC. Good Lord, we're going into something oomphy here. Yep. The Eternals have come to Earth... And, excuse me, there are these organic, or, organic creatures that are all across all the planets in the universe called deviants. And they... they Threatening they, humankind. They eat people. <laughs> they eat yeah, whatever. They eat, they're they they're apex predators. They are the dominant predatorial species on the planets because they evolve with whatever they kill, apparently. Um... So they send the Eternals down to kill the Deviants and protect humankind. Yes. And on their first mission, they get sent to Earth. Uh, and like you said, it starts in 5000 BC all the way in, um, where was it? Mesopotamia. Mesopotamia. Uh, Pangea. It was awesome. When they, sh when they showed them coming in space and they showed the Earth, yes. the continents were still, they weren't yeah. completely together. It wasn't Pangea. But, but it was closer it was they were still very much europe was right next to africa yeah. and it was like a hop skip and a jump away yeah. um so it was really interesting that I, I like little details like that when they actually take care to be like it, it oh, was hey. flat as well and then it and then it went no, i'm just kidding, yeah, I'm kidding. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so 
at first you feel a little over. I'll be honest, I felt a little overwhelmed because I mean you get introduced to ten new hero characters at once. Yep, right out the get go. Um, and it's it's weird because you're just like this is Marvel movie and we're going. 5000 BC. I mean this is this is before this is literally this isn't the this, earth's earth's yeah. first superhero. This is literally it's not even it's not even that it's like humanity's first start and it's like oh, already superheroes. Already got superheroes from some outer space land, you know. Like, but, but what I liked about it before is before Iron Man was even a thought in a s- simple god being's mind. But what I liked about it is even from the get go they all it, it was just very they were all very omnipotent. They all were they were gods to these people. Uh, and the thing that they frequented throughout the movie is various myths and legends that we know of as just little nothing stories. They're little throwaways, but yet we've heard because we've heard them so many times. But now we've heard them in Marvel's context. And it's like, oh, now these stories have meaning for those specific characters. Like uh, one of the main ones, uh, Icarus. Obviously, we know the story of how Icarus had wings and he flew too close to the sun, melting his wings of wax and him falling to the earth. Yes. But so all the all the mythos, lore, and, and gizmos from all across the world we know in Marvel's universe came because the Eternals have been there since the dawn of man. Most of them, we can't we can't possibly know all of them. So we, we they hinted at a good few. That was yeah. like, okay, we get it. You guys have been around like Athena. Angelina Jolie is considered was Athena, the goddess of yeah. war. Like that's who they based that mythological yeah. story off of was Angelina Jolie's character, which I thought was cool because it's like, oh, so they just changed her name. It's Athena, not Athena. Yeah. I don't know why. But I mean, I would have just called her Athena. If you're going to make a legend, Athena. Maybe they or... constantly talked like, oh, did you see Athena come to the store? But that would suggest again? there's more than one Athena. Exactly. And then there's more than one Eternal, though, but there's not more than one Athena. I don't know. They, they wouldn't have known that. <laughs> How would ancient Romans know that? Rome was pretty smart. Not that smart. They wouldn't. They have, were pretty smart. They wouldn't have been able to know that... <laughs> The difference between... They sensed that these guys were gods. They wore fancy colored clothes. Some shot lasers out of their eyes. Green, I mean, blue, yellow, white. Um, so we're introduced to... One, one of them was a kid. For some reason. Sprite, yeah. Uh, we're introduced <laughs> to all of them at once. We don't really get much context on them except that they're clearly... Quote-unquote, like Super I said, power omnip- beings. omnipotent. Um, but then we cut to modern day. Uh, sorry, before we even cut to modern day... Uh, one of the main Eternals, Cersei, walks up and she presents her power. She's able to change the elemental status of any element on the periodic table, it seems. Whatever something is, she can change it to something she else. She can change except other things. Except living organisms. Yes. Which I thought was interesting because there's a shot later where she turns like a meteor falling or a, a rock coming towards her. She mm-hmm. turned it into butterflies. I don't know how that makes any sense. She turns a bus into flower petals. Well, that's... I guess that is also a living... It's, it's, it's border... That one's borderline. But the, but, the, but the butterflies are clearly fully living. I don't know. I think she can't take a human life and turn it into something. Maybe something along those contexts. But she turns this ordinary-looking arrowhead dagger, and she turns it into this ornate gold... Dagger, which apparently is one of the few objects that made 
civilization, what it is. Made the rounds. But what I thought was funny is that... And thus created roads. She's in modern-day London now, and it shows that same dagger on, like, a big screen. It says, the objects that made the world. It's like, how the hell could you have known that that one specific gold dagger (laughs) had anything to do... Mesopotamian dagger. But to be fair, she works for the London Historical Society, so she could have identified it. Hey, I made this She's back like, in oh, 5,000 BC. This thing. I've seen it before. So yeah, so the Eternals have been around for 7,000 years, and they will let you know that many a times throughout the movie, let me assure you. That got really annoying. They constantly were like, we've been here for 7,000 years. It's like, yes, you have. Yes, you have. Well, if you were someplace for 7,000 years and you didn't do much, you'd bring it up too. <laughs> <laughs> um, so like I said, uh, Cersei, uh, oh, what's her flippin' name? I'm trying to remember Uh, these. so this, this movie, basically, before we dive hard, uh, is Game of Thrones, but just superheroes instead of Knights at the Round Table, because we have a character named Cersei Lannister, <clears throat> and then, uh, we have Rob Stark and Jon Snow as well in the movie, huh? Weird, um... They all like each other. They're all related, probably, because they're all just Eternals. So let's be honest, more Game of Thrones. And uh, it's just a giant vie for power. Who's actually the strongest here? They're all pretty good. Ashinu, the god guy, whatever. Who? Uh, The fudge's name was. Arishim? Arishim, there we go. The Celestials? Celestial. Okay, so uh, before we get to him real quick, we, we skipped a character. So we're in we're in modern day London. She works for the historical society, and we see Jon Snow's character, aka Dane Whitman, Kit Harrington. Kit Harrington, yes. Um, <laughs> How many more names can we come up with? That guy from Silent Hill uh, sequel movie, which was Fox atrocious. From Gunpowder. Yeah. <laughs> Deep from Vendetta. Um, <laughs> um, he hasn't done too much more. Um, he's done anyway, a voice for something probably. So. <laughs> His character, Dane Whitman, I mean, if you're familiar with the comics, plays... You'll it, recognize that name. Is, uh, the character Black Knight. We kind of get a little hint at that. Cersei presents him with this ring with his family's crest sigil on it that's from the medieval times, which my first thought, I don't know why I thought this, it, it, because she, it was a medieval ring. My mm-hmm. first thought was, why did she pick this ring up all those years ago and hold on to it before he? They did. How, she didn't even know his family. Uh, I thought yeah. she had been she holding had on to hold, it, held on to it the whole time. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and, and then I was thinking, she said she was a really good eBay bidder. And then that was another big thought in my head for these Eternals. How many of them like got in on like some of these big things that made a lot of money? Like, how are they supporting themselves? They're the oldest people on the planet. <laughs> like, how are? What did they do to make money? Like, I did, have odds and but I'm saying, like, did they throughout those seven thousand years? Did they just like hoard stuff? I mean, some of them did, but they but did they like sell any of them? Do or? they need to eat? Well, they have to appear human. Mm-hmm. Okay, at least a couple of them. Some of them were living out in the desert and on communes and stuff. But I mean, one's a the, fucking. It's the it's the it's the Wonder Woman gimmick or whatever you know that you pull the photo up and you're like, why are you in a photo from 1874 yeah, or something something you like know? that? They gotta they gotta kind of stay a little hidden. But I'm saying though, they even still like they had to after a certain point in history they had to have money, <laughs> and it's like, what did they do? 
for money. Like, well, one of them was the techno genius, so he, you know, probably has patents under false names or something. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he he did stuff like that. I mean, I could see that, but I mean, some of the others, it's just like one was a one ended up being a Bollywood actor through quote unquote four generations of yeah. family. Mm-hmm. I mean, that one makes sense. That's a money maker right there. But it's like her, she. She works for the museum. She couldn't have worked there that long. She probably just went around from museum to museum to museum all across the world. I don't know. There was something else that I saw that the person didn't age recently, and I'm trying to remember what they did. It's like every so often that they, they would just they would move, they'd have to leave. And then they just eventually make it back there like 100 years later yeah, after yeah, all yeah, that yeah, many yeah, years. Problem solved, right? Um, so That's unimportant. We did. You don't seem to remember, but seeing the movie twice, they definitely did this. They had. They. I thought when we first saw it, they didn't have a club bar pub scene where they're just all drinking and having fun. We have a pub scene. They're drinking and they're they're popping around and they're dancing and then uh, she Cersei gives Jon Snow a fucking cake made of cupcakes. That's right before she gives him the ring in the back room, which mm-hmm. I don't know why she had to go to the back room to give him a ring. They were gonna make out, but they didn't. But they did, because he probably saw the ring. Goes, oh, yeah, family heirloom, which we'll get to later at the end of the. To be fair, I would have. I mean, she said there's what medieval ages. I mean, how expensive do you think that ring? Anywho, unimportant garbage happens, and the deviants come back. Hmm. Yes, after seven thousand years for some reason. But instead of attacking normal people, they're attacking the Eternals. For some weird yes. reason. And in the middle of yes. the battle, Icarus shows up to kind of save them. And you see that with Icarus's laser beam eyes, that when even though he shot the the deviant, for some reason the deviant was able to use a healing power and like heal. Very similar everything. to another eternal. Yes, their leader Salma Ajax. Which was a gender swapped character. Oh, really? It was originally male in the comics, so it was very interesting to see. I mean, see, characters like that, I don't care if they gender swap or even if they uh, race swap. It doesn't matter because it's like, oh, that's like, that's that's not that important. See, like, big characters, it's like people that we know. It's like, you can't get away with something Yeah, this this was the thing. The thing I didn't, the thing I was worried about and also didn't like, and the movie wasn't too shabs, but, uh... There's just like yeah, like we got ten characters, ten brand new characters that I I personally knew nothing about. I knew like two of them. I didn't know any of their names. I still don't know any of their names. I, I, I know them all now. I fucking memorized. Icarus and Siri are the only Cersei. two I know. Cersei. Yeah, there we go. See, I still don't even know her name. So there we go. That's the only two I know. Spark. Sprite. 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 Ajax. Because he's named after a friggin' soda. Her. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, I got it. Hey, you know, left, right, she, and center. She you know, did have fine. short hair. I will give you that. Yeah. <laughs> it was definitely a. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah. Uh, she could play Ed in the Cowboy Bebop live action. It's perfect. She's she's got the that, hair ready. Except that there just shouldn't be a live action Cowboy Bebop. Yeah, there shouldn't be. But yeah. um, so there's those four. Angelina Jolie plays Thena. Oh yeah, she plays yeah. Thena. The Chinese dude's name's Gilgamesh. Oh, yeah, 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 Gilgamesh. Right? Uh, the Indian Asian dude's Kingo. Kingo? Kingo. Do they say his name even once in yes, that movie? like twice. That's not a lot. For a two and a half hour movie to have your name said twice. 
They say Gilgamesh's name, Athena's name, Icarus. I mean, they may have said it more than twice, but I mean, it, it was still low. I mean, you had to like, like I had to watch this movie twice to get everybody's name down. Um, Sprite. So let's see. Mm-hmm. That's seven. There's the black guy was Fastos. P h a s t o s. Druig. Yes, Druig. That's right. And then Speedy Girl. Um, Makari. Makari. My two favorite characters right there are Druig and Speedy Girl. Uh, funnily enough, everyone was thinking that they should have, they could have had like a little romance because the way that they acted with each other in the movie, people saying that they that they did when future movies that that should be one of the couples that get together. That was the point. Well, they never really did it showed anything. We only saw one couple actually in the out of all of them. No, they were definitely like a flirting couple. Well, they were flirting, but they weren't really a couple. We never saw anything. Well, yeah. Which leads me to my next point. This was the first Marvel movie with a sex scene in it. Yeah, and that's so funny because everyone's made such a big fucking deal about it. Who cares? It wasn't much. It was literally a naked person laying on top of a naked person. It was like upper body shot only, and they were just like kind of just laying there making out with each other. And you were supposed to just imply, yes, they are going to have sex during this scene, but... To be fair, I think I mean I'm fine with it. It was it was needed for a Marvel movie. I mean we've never seen it in a Marvel movie, and it's like you know some of these characters had to have been bumping ugly. To, I mean to be fair, like in Iron Man, we get like the aftermath sex scene. Like Tony Stark wakes up in the bed, and the chicks in the yeah, bed. Yeah, even even before like, yeah, they we, we see that. them wrestling around for a minute, yeah. and they fall off the bed. Yeah, 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 but we don't get partial naked people lying on top of each other in the act. I guess yeah. that's what it is. To be fair, I again, don't. Again, it, it, it wasn't. wasn't, a, wasn't it wasn't a big scene. It was literally just like I said. It was them laying on top of each other and making out for five, seven seconds, and that was and it. And they said, "I love you" to each other. And, and yeah, so I mean, you know, it wasn't. It wasn't like a full-on sex scene in any R-rated HBO show that we've seen before. You know, I've seen uh, worse sex scenes in PG movies. Yeah, you know, so there you go. And then uh, also, what was the the, the first uh, gay kiss? Right. Yeah, we'll get to that. That's okay, we'll get to that. Sorry, that's towards the end. So, <laughs> more or less, after the Deviant first shows up and attacks Ajax, before I, I go into the rest of the, the plot, this movie takes a lot of back and forth between present day and yeah. the past. Every time we get introduced to a new character, it kind of flashes back to a scene that's important to their story arc from the past. Yeah, because all the, the Eternals presence. are split up in the future, but in the past they all they all were together and came to Earth at the same time. I'll so, say about, about 1500 AD, they all decided that humanity is advanced a little too much and they there's no more deviants left on the planet. They've killed them they all. They get rid of all the deviants so their job is done. And but they don't know what to do. So uh, Ajax, they're tasked well, to stay they have there a little bit of a quarrel. Reason. They have a little bit of a quarrel, and Druig decides, you know, I'm tired of letting humanity just fucking kill each other for nothing. It's, there's no reason. When I can, he all he's all he can do is just change their minds and make them be peaceful with each other. Uh, we see that several times. There's a moment when there's like a bar fight in the ancient ancient Babylonian times, yeah. and he makes them slap each other, and then all of a sudden they, they embrace each other with a yeah. hug. It's like, hey, hey it's all happy like, times here. It's like, wow, if only. A lot of conflicts could be solved with a couple quick slaps and a hug. Slap um, yourself and hug it out. <clears throat> but uh, Ajax decides after Druig decides to go off that, you know, your jobs are done. You don't have to stay here anymore. You can go. I'm not going to force you to stay. You can't leave planet Earth, though. Yeah, you just can't leave Earth. Well, for to whatever be fair, reason. Only, unless you're the guy who 
pilots that ship or Icarus, you're not going to be able to leave that planet. None of them know how to fly. Um, sidebar real quick, I don't know if you know this, Chloe Zhao, the director, said that Icarus, she based his performance and a lot of the visual stuff off Zack Snyder's uh, Justice League and Man of Steel, Henry Cavill as oh, Superman. Yes. No wonder he's very dull and boring throughout the whole movie. Oh, shut up. He just didn't do... He was literally playing like monotone the whole movie to me. The Which there is kind of a reason why. Which I just said. <laughs> well, there's multiple. Yeah, there's, totally and just, there's multiple the reasons why as well. But like everyone else, kind of had like some emotion to them. But like the whole time, he was just like pan dead, robotic. Yeah, but not for that reason. I don't know. No, uh, even still, we'll get to the reason. But I'm, I'm talking just just the way that he did certain, the way he he would stand or yeah. fly or just like the whole always very stuff. just on the nose. Speaking of Superman, this was also the first Marvel movie that not only named dropped somebody from DC, but named dropped the two most popular yes. DC characters, Superman and Batman. Yeah, that was which cool. I wonder how much Marvel had to pay to put those names in these movies. I know, right? Bringing the war to the front, dude. And it's and surprising, Batman more and even more surprising is that DC let them. I know, right? And so, uh, anyway, so. They find out that the Deviant was healing itself, so they go to Ajax because she was the one who had that power. But when they show up at her ranch in South Dakota, they see that it's abandoned, there's nobody there, and then out back is Ajax's dead body out in the cold on the dirt. We kind of skipped, like, a good little, like, reasoning of why they're here. Who? All the Eternals. We said why they're here, to stop the Deviants. Yeah, but why were they sent there? We didn't get that far yet. This is still the very beginning. Yeah, she talks to the Celestial, though. We know that. Yes. Ajax. Since Ajax is the leader, she's got this little golden leader. Orb. She's got some stupid golden orb that enters her throat. It's the like, Adam's apple. It's it's more like their chest. Yeah, whatever. It's uh, right under their throat. Which is more... It's like a telepathic key that links them to the head Celestial, a.k.a. Brickhead, which is what my mom called him every time he showed. He the, literally looked like a, a six, brick with the, the six six-eyed <laughs> red celestial that was just jumbo. She's like, is that, is that Brickhead? And I'm like, yes, that is that is Arisham. Uh, he is the lead. Pri- he's the celestial prime, if you will. Yes. Uh, he is the one that brought about life to the universe. He created the suns and all the planets with the Big Bang and. Then he started he wants to create. To look after humanity for whatever reason, and sends the Eternals down to protect humanity from these deviants. Yes, because uh, well, we'll get to that. That's, that's another problem. Because of reasons. So we show up to Ajax's place. She's dead. Cersei comes over to her, and the orb leaves Ajax's body and goes into Cersei's body. And she sees Arisham for a split second, and he says only one thing to her: "It's almost time," or "The time is almost here." Or it's it's something like that. Yeah. Um, and the they have no idea what that means. Um, so the only thing they can do is keep going down the list so of all the, their the, eternal friends. The deviants are back. The threat's back. So they got to go get all the eternals back together and and figure out what's really going on and what this means. The time has come. Blah 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 blah. Yep. And so the majority of the movie is them going around place to place getting I all say, the that, eternals that back. That was the thing about the movie that kind of drugged for me is that the whole movie, literally the whole yep. movie, was them fetching. Let's go each, find each one of them. This and I person, thought that I mean, while I still liked it, I mean, yeah, they're all spread out. It gave a little more context to all their stories. Um, 
There's a lot for And every time they found one, they did a flashback scene of yeah. showing kind of like how the Eternals went from a nice ten group, happy, fun, save humanity to the split group we have now in present day. Yes. First, and basically, to sum it up, Arishim Celestial Guy said you can't interfere with what the humans do. You can only interfere if there's a deviant involved. And as we know in good old human history, us humans like to murder each other for no bloody reason whatsoever. So all the oh, wars and war. stuff the Eternals could not interfere with based on their celestial gods say so. And the Eternals kind of just fought over that. And they're like, I hate that we are trying to protect these people that are just murdering each other. They it's don't like, know any better. It's like a dog on a leash. They, 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 even though they want freedom, they want to be able to help. So they all kind of split up over that, over just... They split up for multiple reasons, because some of them continue to try and help humanity, and all they do is just continue to give humanity reasons to kill each other, and they're just like, God dang, I'm going to go run and hide now. Also, during the, right before that split happens, we find out a little bit about some more lore called um, uh, the Mind Weary... Mind weary. It's uh, oh yeah. What did they Venus call them? starts yeah. having these like mental flashbacks, and she starts to attack everybody. All the Eternals around her, and they finally she basically goes crazy and just starts <laughs> Gil murdering everyone. Gilgamesh fucking knocks her ass out. Yeah. Cold. So yeah, Gilgamesh has like super power glove punches, basically. Super, basically super strength. Let's just let's just easy. They're gloves though. It's only on the hands. Because he has to block everything with the. the I mean, hands fair enough, stuff. yeah, but I mean, it's he still, has power still gloves. Strength. He has power gloves. Whatever. Um, so hope hands. Before they split, they decide that Ajax is going to remove her memories because she's just so overloaded with uh, memories of her from her life on on Earth these six thousand five hundred years or so, and her mind's just collapsing under all the weight of all the memories. So. Ajax says, "I have to remove them, but you'll still be you in spirit. You just won't have those memories." And Gilgamesh decides, "No, I'm not about that. I'll just I'll stay with her. I'll make sure she's okay. We'll go somewhere. Just let her keep her memories. Let her be herself." Um, which I mean, to be fair, props to the guy. He chose worked out. He chose to be with her, and it's so funny because I mean, I saw this in a review earlier. I felt like the Eternals had a lot more synergy and love for each other than the Avengers did, even at the end. Oh yeah, and it's yeah. like even even when they're, they're when they're fighting with each other, there was just a grace about them, and like they would help each other, and there there was no no, no bickering really during fighting. It was just all flowing and all yeah. all all well, all powerful beings. Um, so they became gods. I mean, that was the whole point. They all split up. The first one we come across is Kingo. Uh, turns out he's now a famous Bollywood actor <laughs> who's been disguising himself as one family for four generations, just playing the son of the son of the son of the son yep. as long as he possibly can, which <laughs> works out in Bollywood. <laughs> a fucking racket. That worked out really well for him. Um, and he has this really awkward, kind of funny dance routine that he does, which 
it's funny because that was like his quote unquote sexy moment because he's always been like the nerd comedian in everything yeah. he's ever been in and he got like jacked got up and jacked ripped for, for this, this movie, movie dude. so he was doing like the lip smacks and like the winks and shit like that but obviously he's playing the character the, the absolute one for the if movie you, if you know anything about Bollywood they just that's the like whole he did every little like cliche Bollywood movement in, in a two minute like segment <laughs> it was funny because I mean just, so, many, so much laughter over that one little scene just with him doing these little mannerisms it wasn't even nearly supposed to necessarily be funny but that's just his his it's personality brings funny. it to it and it, it was just great uh, he has this chauffeur valet uh, Kunin yes and he's been with him for 50 years and I thought that was one of the funniest things he was like at first he thought I was a vampire and he tried to stab me with a stake and he's like I have apologized to you repeatedly so many times over the years he's like yes you have almost enough but not quite I'll let you know when we get there and I just thought that was funny because after 50 years he's still holding on to the fact that he tried to stab him with a stake and truthfully the interaction between those two is my favorite in the oh, whole yeah. movie yeah, yeah. He, yeah so his little chauffeur guy is kind of like the the comedic relief of the movie he uh he's been told that the eternals exist and he knows it all he basically and, yeah he knows the and whole he story sti he sticks around with them for like the rest of the movie almost just kind of being the the guy there to film it all and yeah. just witness the eternals existence on earth for this portion of time in his life and uh kingo decides he wants to do a documentary about the life of the Eternals, so he gets him to he gets the valet to start recording everything that he can, yep. and he's doing like a little documentary. Introduces thing. all the Eternals to him and all that jazz. Uh, it the, was really funny. The next group we end up going to see Gilgamesh and Thena. Um, they're out in the middle of the desert. I didn't quite catch. I don't remember where where it was. It was one of the one some desert. Um, Australia or something probably. He's he's doing his thing. He's cooking and cleaning. He's got his kiss the cook apron on. Um, Thena is just kind of stoic, a stoic meditator now. She just kind of sits around. Also, during this time period, we, we totally forgot to mention at the very beginning, there was this massive earthquake that rocked the world. Like, all around the world, yes. there's just massive earthquakes that just went all over the place. And uh, they ended up feeling it, Gilgamesh and them. He thought he was drunk, <laughs> is what he said. He thought, oh, oh there was an earthquake? I thought it was drunk. Um, but they end up telling him the whole story. Shit's happening. We don't know what's going on. Another quirky little sad, funny moment. He he pulls out a pie for everyone. He's like, you guys want to try my pie? And then they give That's him the big, huge cobbler. Yes. Giant cast iron pot. And then they tell him that freaking their leader died. And, and he, he just, just lets it. the pie just drop and it all slops out of the... <laughs> freaking pot onto the ground but then he, and he walks over and sits and he ends up ripping it up he's and then so yeah angry. he, he rips, rips the, cast the freaking iron. cast iron pot in half it's just a, it's just a sad little little comedic moment uh but we see that athena's still kind of in and out of her spells um they go and try to talk to her and sprite has to do an illusion of inside the domo which is their ship name if i didn't mention that before um and ship name is the Domo. I, I maybe mean, think of Major Domo. I don't yeah. know if that has anything yeah. to do with much about history, but I, when I when I think of saw Domo, I was like, oh, that must have something to do with the Major Domo. Um, but she puts up this illusion. That's what she does. Sprite. She does all these illusions. Uh, she's like Loki. She's a trickster. Well, yeah. One. Yeah. It was really cool. Like they all had like interestingish powers, but like. 
since there was 10 of them, they never really got to, like, do a lot with them, I yeah. feel. Like, because in, in, in an Iron Man movie, you get to see everything Iron Man can do. In Eternals, you got to see, like, one or two things everyone can do. And it's like, man, I'd love, like, why didn't they, like, do that or whatever? I will say, it did feel like a lot of them were really grounded to their specific power. Yeah. It felt like they were a little underwhelming. Yeah. Especially compared to some, like, uh, Icarus who can fly, has laser eyes, and has some kind of super strength. And yeah, so uh, we'll get to it a little later, because it comes into play after we spoil some things. But I have, I have some interesting, like, why is this the thing? But yeah, they all seem, like, a little underwhelming, and sometimes kind of pointless to have these powers and did did they all have super strength no some of them do some of them don't some of them can do this or that i don't know wasn't really you didn't have much time to explain them all because there's 10 people in a two-hour movie and, and yeah you know i was a, was a little little a lot and i can actually say that's where a lot of the, the hate i think comes from is because it's a little lengthy of a movie Especially for characters we've never seen before, we're very inter yeah. you're introducing these characters because well, you know it's it's an Avengers scale movie. It's ten people in one big group, and like what we've had before is you know we've had five movies leading up to the Avengers. We got one movie for all the main characters, more yeah. or less. You know, and we're like, oh yes, we know Iron Man and his background and what he does and what he can do, and same with Captain America and blah blah. blah. And, and then we get them together. And it's like, oh yeah, this is gonna be cool. This movie, they're just already together, and they're all like, "Ah, oh, yes, we can do this. We can right. do this." So we end up going to the. We're still, we're still with Thena and Gilgamesh. They end up having this little family sit down dinner. That's becoming more and more of a trend. I'm noticing too. They're doing the, the sit down to a table dinner. Dom, trope. what strong family? <laughs> Where's your tomatoes? Um, so. We get, we get our obvious uh, Iron Man reference, the only one in the whole movie. Captain America reference there, too. Yeah. Um, Icarus says he will lead the Avengers now that Iron Man and Captain America's gone, and they and just then, laugh at him. Yeah, Gilgamesh looks at him, he's like, uh, Ajax didn't even pick you to lead the Eternals. What makes you think you're going to lead the Avengers? Um, and they're, he's, he's Gilgamesh has made this beer, wine, mead... <laughs> combination that he said he, he made for the soldiers of Troy and it sounds really awesome it's like dang they knew how to make meat or make a drink back then so it probably was really good and everyone's enjoying it Kingo's taking a drink he's like I really like this stuff he's like glad, I'm glad you like it I, I chew each individual kernel of corn and I ferment it with my spit <laughs> and then as soon as he said that it just rolls out of Kingo's mouth and into the cup and I was just like wow that's a that's a long way to go a for long, a long, special process. But he, he, it's so, it's thoughtful though, isn't it? I mean, he chews them individually it's for like the, the, he makes like sure it's perfect. like the rabbit poo coffee. Rabbit poo coffee? There's, there's a coffee. See, the first thing I'm thinking of is the Nutty Professor, and those were gerbils. You, I don't know if there's, you there's literally a coffee that the rabbits eat the coffee beans, oh, then they poop them out, and right. they take the poop coffee and beans, they wash it and off. they make the coffee out of that because yep. going through the digestive tract of the rabbit it gives it its unique fermented flavor. Yeah. Nope. Gross. Nasty. Whatever. Um, People in their coffee. So anyway, um, we've had this little moment and I'm trying to think where we go next. I guess yeah, I think it was Druig next. They, 
they decided to go and speak to Druig, and then we had that's when we first had our flashback of them splitting up. Yeah, that was kind of like the final like split up moment. Because that was where... like his little flashback moment. It was, yeah. That was Druig's moment. Was Druig, Druig gets like they've killed all the deviants, and for whatever reason they have to stay on Earth. Why did they have to stay? They did their job, right? They they. We find out, remember, because of the the event that happens. They have to stay there and make sure that that goes down it smoothly. It just goes down smoothly. Um, so, they meet Druig, right. and he's in the Amazon, and he's got this little Amish village. He's got a little Amazonian Amish cult group going on. The first thing I thought was a cult. <laughs> um, and we, we, he, we fill him in on the story. It's, it, that was the only thing I didn't like about it. Every time we'd meet somebody, he'd say, okay, we got to fill him in. Yeah. Fill him in, fill Same him thing. in, fill him in. Our leader died. The deviants are back. It's like, how many times did they have to repeat that shit? And really? we need your help to, to solve the problem at hand here. Um, so... And he doesn't really care. He was the one that, like... I liked him most because he was the one that had the most, like, emotion out of all of them, it seemed. Like, everyone was kind of, like, on board or whatever. And it's like, oh, yes, this is our mission by, by the Celestial guy. Let's get together. And he was just like, fuck the Celestial. Fuck you guys. I'm going to live in the Amazon and do my own jam, all right? right. And they even came to him and was like, Ajax died. The Deviants are back. And he's like, I don't care. Well, then he was, he was really pissed off. He was like, you basically just told me that my life's been alive for 7,000 years and it meant nothing. Yeah. Um, so we get a little more backstory with that. There's a couple funny moments with uh, Kunan and uh, Kigo. They, his camera gets smashed. Yeah, the deviants attack him there again. And the we get the, the, the cool... I, I still think it's a cool moment when they, they, they're battling Icarus and that one fucking smacks his head down and he's like... Trying to do his uh, laser eyes his out of it. Only power, and he, he just sucks. can't fucking get it out. Um, I don't think that's a cool scene. I I don't know. Some something about laser eyes. It makes it I guess because I'm a sucker for Superman, it just made me think. Oh, this is something cool they could have done for Superman, which I think they did. And they kind of did. Yeah. Superman with Doomsday. Yeah. Had his face, or he burnt him, or something. I can't remember. Um. But. After that scene, I'm trying to think. Oh, I'm losing it. I had it. I'm losing it. We get the deviants attack, and there's like the deviants are a little different now this time around. And there's one special deviant. Yes, the, the same one pops up again, uh, and he's cornered Gilgamesh and Athena, and just figures in that same fucking moment, Athena has one of those mind weary moments, and she starts to attack Icarus in the middle of all this, yeah. and then Gilgamesh kind of has her little son's getting real low moment with her. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Holds out his hand. He's like, just stay here. Stay and so here. They had that little moment and then he starts fighting this Gilgamesh the, the goes big, and fights the big one that the can big heal deviant. itself. Yes. And he's doing he's doing pretty well. I mean, obviously, I mean, he does whatever he does and then all of a sudden he, the thing just heals itself back up. But then it notices that Thena is sitting there over by herself just kind of muttering it's like, oh, maybe I'm going to go attack her. So it starts running towards her. Gilgamesh jumps in the way, and it it's like it tricked him. Because it, it, it as soon as he saw that Gilgamesh was going for her, he, he didn't even like even try to go for her. He just stopped mm -hmm. on Gilgamesh and was just like, oh, fuck you. I got you. I tricked you. 
and sticks uh, all his freaking little tentacles. He has a bunch of tentacle things. And, and he, that's like, what he does to steal their power. Slurps all his power up. And that's when we kind of like get the hint that like, ah, oh, this deviant killed Ajax and slurped up her power because her power was to heal things yep. and heal all the, the Eternals and keep them alive. And, and not only that, when he takes Gilgamesh's power, he actually transforms. It transforms. What, what it, it, it made me think it of... gave uh, him like more human hands. I say it made me think... I don't know if any of them may be better reference. Remember me of the mummy. Yeah. yeah Every yeah, time yeah. he would get more power yeah. in, he would become he would more become natural or whatever it was. Skeleton. Uh, and I, I, I like seeing stuff like that. I thought it was a cool, that was cool transition. Yeah. By the way, that was Bill Skarsgård. I thought it was Dan oh, Stevens. Really? That was Bill Skarsgård. He mm, played okay. Crow, the the head deviant because gotcha. that's when he started talking and yeah, I was like he starts, yeah he gets more the second time there. I watched it I heard Pennywise in it and I was like oh god it's Pennywise uh, when he when he first starts talking he, there's yeah. a couple slurs and it just sounds like something that Pennywise would say and gotcha. I'm like oh god that freaks me out <laughs> thinking of that clown is this monster so and Icarus Gil- comes Gil- back Gilgamesh in dies. yeah the, so they killed a couple of the Spoiler. other deviants and we're then, getting into spoiler territory now um, so beware folks Icarus comes in to try to kill to attack Crow and he clearly misses like he shoots his eye beam and it's like three feet to the yeah. left on a tree and he's like oh I'm just gonna run away now and so, so yeah, again this movie away. kind of suffered on the villain a little bit in certain moments um, but Gilgamesh who, who is dead. Is the true villain, though. Gilgamesh is dead. Thena has her moment. Obviously, it's a sad. She cries because that was kind of like her boyfriend, husband, eternal person. Which I, I really liked Angelina Jolie in this movie. I thought she had a. I mean, she did she didn't do a yeah. lot, but even what little she did, she had a lot of range mm-hmm. uh, of emotion throughout the entire thing, and I, I thought that was cool to see her yeah, do Angelina Jolie all these different things. That. Yes, she does. <laughs> um, I'm going to come in this movie, I'm going to be a badass, but then I'm going to break down in tears in one scene, okay? God, don't don't watch that Those Who Wish Me Dead movie. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. that great. I watched the trailer for that, and I was just like, I can see exactly where this whole movie's going. It's not what I thought it was. Anyway. Told you. So, they're all together again, and by the time the battle ends, one of the deviants attacks Cersei, and she falls into this, like, pool that they've got, like, this little fountain pool area. It's literally just a bricked section with water. She in falls it. in water, and she turns the deviant into a tree. You looked like you didn't know what I was talking about when I said, when I said pool, so I was just making sure. Yeah, she, t- she turns the deviant into a tree. She's never done that before. She's never been able to alter a living creature into something else. So they're like, holy shit, that's pretty cool. You need to use that more. Yeah, um, pretty much. So... The next person we end up meeting is Fostos, which is the black guy. He's the inventor of the Eternals. Yeah, he's the, the tech. He's the tech guy that advances. Tried to give tech him a fucking humanity. steam engine in <laughs> five thousand BC. Can you imagine? Instead, he gives him a fucking so, yeah, plow. So his 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 like background was interesting. His power is cool because like he deals with the tech, and it was cool to see like his kind of downfall of of the trust in humanity. They all lose their belief in humanity. Is kind of the just and like he he's the one who gives them all the inventions and stuff. And it was cool we get to see him in uh, Hiroshima in 1945. So and, that like, was his flashback. He blames himself for allowing humanity to create the nuclear bomb. And see, I'm that. They didn't go into too much context of that. I'm wondering if they meant if he meant that in like a general sense, like since the beginning of just helping them, or if he actually like 
because I mean, obviously, he has to be a person in time right there. He's not. He wasn't playing an eternal. Yeah. He was a real person because he looked like he was in a lab coat and he had the yeah. glasses there. And so I'm wondering how much direct involvement with the atom bomb and all that he actually had. Like maybe he thought he was actually making something good and then humanity turned it around and killed a bunch of people with it. Probably. But I'm saying I, I'm thinking he had more direct hands-on than just a general... Because it seemed, it seemed to my knowledge from what he did, he was the guy that like handed them like, ah oh, yes, here's my nuclear fission. Let me drop that on some scientist's desk. And it's like, oh, they're gonna create nuclear power and they're gonna like be able to run their entire country right, on something clean like clean energy. And then they go, what's this? Oh wow, let's nuke Japan. And it's like, no, it's only one. Oh, uh, uh, deja vu. <laughs> Remember deja vu when they sent the note back in time? Yeah. And he mm. read it, and he's like, oh no, I'm just gonna do this myself. Yeah. And then it ended up causing him to die. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, sidebar: if you've never seen mm, deja, deja vu, mm. great Denzel Washington mm. movie. Great, great time travel Denzel that's Washington. One of, movie. That's one of the best time travel movies. It's most different too. Yeah. The not it's not good. many can be different, and that one yeah. was yeah, yeah, yeah. that one's sidebar. Anyway, anyway, but yes, um, yes, 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 yes. So we made it to Fostos. He's living in Chicago with his lover and their, I'm assuming, adopted kid. What makes you assume that? Because they're man to man. They yes. can't physically have a child. It is a gay relationship. Um, and funnily enough, when mom went and saw it, she said, "My first impression, she because Fostos was an eternal." And he's been around all this time. She was like, oh, I thought he was like the grandfather and the other guy was his uh, son and then the kid was his grandson. I'm like, no. And then they kissed. And she was like, oh, I don't think the father kisses his son like that. And I was like, no, definitely not. They were definitely a couple. Um, which I don't see why people have such a big deal. Angelina Jolie put a, a thing in an interview recently about that saying how people are just ignorant. And at this in this day and age... Like, this cares? shouldn't be that big of a deal. Yeah, I mean, I he's, it's a—it's not even—it's not even patronizing towards homosexuality. It's—it's it's literally a man who loves his family enough to say goodbye before possibly losing them. That's mm. all it really is. And people—I mean, I get it. Certain countries have restrictions and views on that, yes. but we it's, can't help them. But America. But it's just—I just, I just don't get why people. one little kiss that doesn't make or break a fucking movie, and that a lot of people let it. Yeah, it's, like, yeah, it's sad. But uh, the problem I have with that is that this man, who is an eternal, who will watch his husband grow old and die, watch his son grow old and die, all remaining the same age. How do you explain that? Yeah, how do you explain that? That's what I wondered too. God dang it! All the other ones, you know, they didn't really deal with getting into relationships. Cersei kind of did at the end. Yeah, she kind of does with uh, Kit Harrington's character, but there we get into that a little differently. But like the rest of them, don't—they're either involved with one another, and they're both Eternals, which makes perfect sense, or they just don't get involved. Period. Yeah. Or they just have like one-offs. Or they're too young and they can't. Or they look like a kid. Yeah. (laughs) That would—that really would suck. Like, Which, I, yeah, is funny. Sprite, Sprite gets mad because she's, like, in a kid body and no explanation as to why. That was just Harrison's design. Just wanted to have it be a kid. I think he was just going for variety. Maybe. And he's got, like, all the different races. Got the black guy, the Asian chick, the white dude. The Indian guy. Indian guy. And then let's throw in a little girl. 
Why not? Maybe. Who Couldn't knows? have thrown in a little boy so they could be together. No, no. man. Male dominated world, you gotta throw a woman in there. Um, little woman. So, I'm trying to think of what happens. So they meet up with Fostos, and they're trying to convince him that he needs to help us, but he doesn't help us to help them, but he doesn't want to because he wants he wants to be with his family. If this is the last few days he's got on the planet with them, he wants to be with them. And his boyfriend's like, nah, you need to go. <laughs> you, you need to save us. You gotta fight for your us. family rather than just sitting here watching us die. Um, so they, they head on out and they go back to Babylon to get the ship. They've left their ship and underneath he, the hanging gardens of Babylon. And he's got the only key. Which I thought, I, I will say this, I thought it was really interesting seeing Babylon the way they did it. The blue walls, the blue brick. That was cool. It, it, I don't know why. My first thought, it made me think of the castle from Shang-Chi at the very beginning of the movie when he's mm, yeah. riding the horse yeah. doing his whippy rings. And it's like, it almost looked like the same castle, but I know those are like thousands of miles away from each other. But I just, I thought it was an interesting, it's a cool color concept. You don't see many blue brick in historical context. It's all it's all in Mesopotamian time. Well, I'm saying even even they said even a lot of like ancient Egyptian stuff. There's a lot more color to it back in the day. Yeah. You know, there's obviously today sandblasting yeah. from all yeah. the fucking wind and everything. All, um, the, all the material they had fades over time. So they were in the ship there, and when they go to and for Bastos whatever lab, reason, yeah, Makari has been is just on the ship. Speedy chick has just been chilling in the ship this whole time. She's got a horde of treasures. And she's just been hoarding snack food, she's junk food, speed reading, reading books. books. Um, and she she was a really interesting character. I really liked her. I think if you watched Walking Dead, you would have liked her a little bit and more. Yeah, she she was like the best. She was one of the better actresses in that movie. But I wonder if that's because she couldn't talk. I'm not bashing her. She's no, I, actually I deaf and mute or whatever. But she didn't have any lines in the movie because of that, and I Speaking, I, well, I liked any I liked that better because it didn't annoy me with any reason. She had no ability to annoy me, and I was like, good. There's well, no you, problem. You'll definitely with her. like her in Walking Dead. She, she's, <laughs> she's a great actress, and she's, she's but, been up but she's also she was years. really she did really well in her ability to play off of being a mute. Mm -hmm. She's she's really good. Um. So she's been hoarding all this stuff for centuries. A um, couple little things. At the beginning of the movie, she was looking for this emerald tablet. I don't know what significance that had to history, but she ended up obtaining it sometime because she had it at the present. And <laughs> it was funny because Icarus is looking at it and Druig walks over to him and he's got, Druig's got a box of Twinkies that he picked up. And they just uh, look yeah. at each other. They, they swap, they but swap. I, Icarus is like really wants those Twinkies, and, and I'm like immediately. I was like, what is? I, I mean, it's funny because it's a fucking tw he's trading yeah. Twinkies for like an ancient tablet, but it's like, did he really? I want to know the story behind Icarus loving Twinkies. Yeah, you know what? Like it was so weird because like he he was like wanting that Twinkie. He got it. I was like, well, yeah, can you not just go get a Twinkie? Like, like you can just into it. You can just go get a Twinkie, dude. Like Jesus, it's not like. You know, this isn't freaking 2017 when they canceled the Twinkies. Yeah, and you know, brought them back. Is a problem. Um, I just thought that was a little, ah. little funny moment, but I, I that that tablet got brought up twice, and I don't. I I feel like it it means something because it's some emerald tablet. Probably. I'll probably have to look it up. But probably another some eternal comic book line. Maybe another cool artifact. Athena is messing around with a sword, 
and Sprite's like, is that the Ebony Blade? And she's like, nope, Excalibur. And she's, and she's just, just casually Excalibur. like swinging she's it around, playing around. And Sprite's like, you know, Arthur always did have a crush on you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, was, that was funny. Um, so they they've come up with this plan. Um, they or not? I'm sorry, I, I skipped a little bit ahead. Um, Cersei throughout most of the movie, even after she turned the deviant into a tree, she's been trying to figure out how to speak to Arishim to figure out what the fuck is going on. Um, so she finally just takes her, she breathes in and out, she takes her time, she concentrates, and she finally gets to talk to him, and she's like, Ajax is dead, the deviants are back, she's like, she doesn't know when she's gonna get this, so she has to, like, get all the information out in the quick, it's like a... What's going on? <laughs> what's it called? It's like yeah. a phone booth, I feel like I'm on a, on a collect call, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, it's, you know, some people, they, they wait to the, the, you wait till the voice message, yeah. and you just say everything in the, in the voice yeah. message, and then you, you have, have, you have a collect call from, Arishan, what are we doing? We need help right now. <laughs> Do you accept this call? <laughs> <laughs> she's like, she's got everything out in that little sentence, um, but then he unveils the big reveal, the grandmaster plan, the turns surprise, out, shocker, spoiler alert, here we go. Turns out, Arisham created the Deviants to begin with. Uh, the goal of the Deviants were to eliminate the apex predators on the planet. That to way, allow this, humanity to. Spread. Not, I, I don't. It's not humanity. Just the dominant life form, dominant like hu whatever humanoid yeah, species. Because it, it can't be human on every planet. That's why I'm going to say that. Um, but. The, the, yeah, the goal is to get as many people onto this planet to create enough... Basically, they're all batteries. It did the Matrix thing again. To create enough juju power... To summon a celestial. To summon a celestial, which has been seed-implanted into the planet. Multiple mi millions of planets across he, the and universe. And yeah, we realize that he does this on a massive right. universal scale. A, on a regular basis. And surprise, Earth happens to be one, and we're just learning about it now. And it's... And, well, and one thing I thought was... Uh, well, I guess they, they talk about it a little later. Um... But we found out that over the course of time, it's called the emergence. It's when basically after that seed is ready to hatch, it just bursts out of the entire planet, it eliminating destroys the destroys the planet, but the celestial is born. Yes. To continue creating more celestials and more, more life suns, across more the universe. universe. More planets, whatever you want. Um, so, yes. So, so they find out about the emergence and they decide that they need to... And that's more important. The deviants aren't as important right now. We need to stop the emergence because they only have a couple days left before the emergence begins. So the first thing that they come up with is maybe they could use Druig's power. Ooh. So yeah, 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 okay, yeah, 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 the, yeah, 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 okay, my bad, yeah. <laughs> the you kind of went fast. The Eternals then all realize that the Earth is gonna die and a Celestial is gonna be born, and they don't like that idea anymore. To be fair, I think because I, I, they I, find I... out. That they're just robots. Yes, that was. I was gonna say that part of the context was way before where I was in the story. I had missed it earlier, yeah. so she had, she had talked to him a couple times. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we find out the Eternals are just robots created by the Celestials because to, to correct the mistake of the Deviants. Yeah, the Deviants evolved 
and killed the dominant life form, and then they kept and they, they kept evolving, they kept and, evolving killing. and killing humans. And celestials were like, "No, we need those to create more humans." So they created the Eternals to defeat the, which are sentient deviants. robotic organisms that are imbued with a buku amount of unlimited celestial battery power. Yes. And we find out that this is not their first mission. Earth is not their first mission. They've been on hundreds of millions of thousands of X number of missions, and they get their memories wiped every single time they complete a mission and Which, summon a celestial. And those memories are stored with Arisham on the World Forge. Which yes. he studies to see if there's anything changing with the Deviant, so he can keep a constant tab on if they're if they're evolving past what they need to be. Which, yes. to be fair, he needs the memories from Earth now because that one Deviant is yep. kind of doing everything he's, he said it he's would. He's not doing a good job at being a freaking celestial guardian here. Um. So I'm trying. So to... all the Eternals decide. You know what? We've been betrayed by our celestial god. We're gonna we're gonna fight this thing and we're gonna save planet Earth instead of this celestial popping out of it and destroying. Yes, they they love Earth and all the humans. They've loved it since they got there. They don't want to see it. Well, oh, that's what so I was gonna say. All so, team up and come up with a plan. When their memories are re-wiped, uh, that was supposedly what Mind Weary was. Was uh yes. When Angelina Jolie was flickering back and forth, she was remembering past lives remembering all the worlds that she was on fighting and destroyed watching and quote unquote get destroyed died. to summon the celestial so it's just more and more proof solidifying what they'd known all along uh so they try to come up with a plan druid they think druid can possibly put the celestial to sleep longer make sure that nothing happens their pathetic plan I thought this was so pathetic so that's the plan their plan was not to have him put the titan celestial to sleep long enough for them to warn humanity and leave planet earth yeah, to said, another said planet to find, find another that planet was and, their plan and even, even sprite said uh, colonization and getting everybody off the planet could take decades and they're like, this is going to take forever. And it's like, yes, but we can help them because we're Eternals and that's our job. And I was like, okay, come on, you got to come up with a better plan than that. So, that felt really stupid to me. Uh, Fostos has somewhat of a plan. He thinks that there may be a way that he can uh, maybe combine everybody's mind and share power just like the Deviants would absorb Yep. Their power. He thought that maybe there was a device that he could come up with where they could fuel their power to another one to maybe put, to, I guess, into Druig to help him be strong enough to put the Celestial asleep. But there's a kicker. another twist. Another oh, no. kicker. Turns out Icarus has been lying the entire time. Icarus is a faithful servant of Arashim, the celestial douchebag. Yes, blinded by loyalty. And we flash back to South Dakota again six days prior to when Ajak was still alive. Icarus had come to visit her, and Ajak told him everything, how the emergence... And see, this was a little confusing, because I felt like she told him then about the emergence. She told him later forever in, ago. Obviously, later in the movie, he said that she told him when they split. Because that was the reason, because Icarus and Cersei were a couple. That's when they left. split up like 2,000 years ago. That's right, okay. They, and he left her because I he couldn't that. tell her that 
the world. Oh, the die. world's gonna end in about two thousand years because she, Cersei, was super in love with humans. Okay, I I missed that. Um, so after Cersei or uh, Ajax tells him that one thing I thought was cool, she was she brought up Thanos, which it's funny because now Thanos is starting to be name dropped just as much as yeah. Iron Man and everything, and she was like, when Thanos eliminated half the universe, that put a pause. On all of the emergences. Because, yeah. I mean, they were all... Any of them that were at peak, suddenly... A peak population suddenly went down to half. Your battery juice went from 100 to 50%. So, I thought or I thought it was real interesting to know that, oh, Thanos kind of did save a lot of planets that way. saved a lot of planets, but also killed a lot of bunch of people. He killed too. trillions, but also Most. saved trillions. It's, it's yeah. whatever you want to look at. A glass half full or half empty. It's both. <laughs> But, you know, end game occurred and we brought all the humans back. Yep, so now we've gave, got the problem again. That's what gave the emergence what it needed to uh, activate. And Icarus, he's going along with the plan. He already knows what needs to be done. But Ajax is like, you know, I don't I don't really like like what we're having to do. I've, I've been doing this for millions of years. I've, I've been blindly following. But just something She's about just, this one, it yeah. just doesn't seem... It doesn't seem right. She, I think she's kind of like bought over by the fact that like the whole Thanos event occurred. And she's like, man, these humans like. Yeah, that's right. She said Earth like, humans were able to bring Earth them all back. Earth humans brought the everyone back with snap finger. Like these people need to stay around because they're freaking dope, dude. Yeah. So like, let's save this one. It's like all the other ones are fine. We should, But like this one we should probably save. But Icarus doesn't think so. And he has something to show Ajax. He. Takes her all the way from South Dakota to Alaska. <laughs> I guess he flew her. I guess, yeah, he flew I her. I never thought about I that. Because it took me forever to realize that it was South Dakota. I was like, because I remembered Alaska. I was yeah. like, where the hell were they? Mm. Um, so then, he takes her to Alaska to show that apparently there's still deviants alive. They've apparently been frozen in the ice. And when the earthquake started happening because of the emergence, they must have woken up and come out. Which Earthquakes and global warming or something. My first say. thought was... It looked. I thought they had a tracker for the deviants, even back in fifteen AD, fifteen hundred AD, because that's what they were looking. at. was like, yeah. oh, all deviants are gone. And it's like mm-hmm. that looks like a tracker. Did you not know about the ones in Alaska? Um, so Icarus is just like, you know, I I can't I can't let you get away with this. Like we have to follow Arisham. There's a grand design, and we're needing to follow. It's basically uh, truth from Halo. He just he, he knows what needs to be done, and he's the only one apparently willing to actually make the sacrifices. So he, more planets will be made with more people. We yeah, just that, have to sacrifice of, this. I say uh, Leonard Nimoy needs of the many outweigh the yeah. needs of the few. Uh, so he kicks her <laughs> or pushes her. I can't remember. Pushes her off the cliff. off the cliff. She lands, and then the deviants start to attack her, and she's she's taken out like that. And then you see that big the big deviant, which looked like a bear. It may have evolved from a bear, I think, yeah. is what it looked like, because those were others were wolves with it. Uh, and it, it attaches onto Ajax, and it, it sucks her power. power. And then as soon, as soon as it does, it runs back into the cave, and he just he's just standing there, and she's like, I'm going to drop down, pick up her body, fly off. And I was like, right what back a freaking G. He had it all planned out. He didn't have to fuck with yeah. nothing. And then you see the deviant transform, and it, it kind of, earlier they said in that form, it, it sounded like it was talking. Mm-hmm. Or it was almost talking even, and you get more of a semblance of that, but you already know who that character is by that point. So Icarus drops her back off at the house, 
Icarus Legionary, is the bad guy. Now. Has a whole Cyclops. I'm gonna. Ah, I'm gonna laser beam whatever's in front of me because I'm angry and yelling. I um, killed my leader. Yeah. All for the glory of our celestial god. Yeah. Drink the Kool Aid. Yeah. He's a hard Kool Aid drinker, folks. So, um, flashback to present. Everyone's still working on this plan. Cersei and Icarus have a little moment. He's off of the ship and he's just kind of agreeing with her. She's like, "Yeah, we're gonna get this done. We're gonna fix this whole th- fix this whole thing." And he's he's smiling, kind of nodding like, along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then we get back onto the ship and he's walked into the war room and he's putting on his armor. And Cersei's like, "Uh, what are you, what doing? Are you doing? Why are you battling, getting yourself ready?" And he walks into the main lab where Fostos is working on a device. And he's like, hey, I almost have it. And then he laser beams it and blows it up. And he's like, oh, blows what the up fuck? His blueprints and designs for the, the ten rings, basically. Which, yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's when all the reveal stuff happens. Everyone's like, what the fuck's going on? And then and yeah, he, uh, he lets everyone know that he's drinking the Kool-Aid hard. And Druig said he killed Ajax and... Uh, Right before, I'm sorry, I, I missed a little bit. Right before then, uh, er, the emergence starts to happen. Right before uh, he blows yeah. up their plan. Yeah. And when the emergence starts, Fostos tells Makari to go and find the emergence point. And that was when, even you said, this was oh, one of the coolest yeah, moments yeah, when you got to see her speed really cool. across the entire Earth. She, she, yeah, she's looking for the point where the, the Celestial is going to, like, come out of the Earth. And, yeah, she speeds around the entire Earth. And it was it was done, like, really, really cool. And it's so funny because, I, I mean, that's probably the same stuff we're going to see in the Flash movie. But it's just so cool to see different versions. And I liked seeing this speedster variant versus, like, Quicksilver in mm-hmm. Age of Ultron. Because in Age of Ultron, he had like that blue wave yeah. behind him. It's like, yeah, it kind of looks like he's going fast. But when he slows down, it's just like, ugh, really yeah. slow. So, I don't know. I like I like the way she did it better. Hers was cool. And, she, she, and like hers wasn't just like running. She was actually like vaulting over stuff and doing jumps. Yeah, and stuff. she was, was like, like doing oh, big, that's big cool, leaps and dude. bounds. And she, uh, she ran across water for like a little bit and like jumped across like a cliff or whatever and stuff. Yeah. And I was like, ah, oh, she's really cool. Um... So back to uh, Icarus is now attacking him. Makari zooms in there, and Kago, uh, Kingo jumps in front of her because Icarus is about to fucking laser beam her. I don't know why he picked her. Oh, because she knew where it was, the emergence point, and hadn't yeah. told them yet. Yeah. So it's like, kill her quick! And Kingo jumps in the way, saves her, and he's like, get out of here. And she's like, she's like, okay, peace. And she books it the fuck she out of there. Outies. Um... Then everybody finds out that Icarus killed Ajax, and then he decides to leave. He's like, "I'm, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna kill you all if you interfere." So just... I'm gonna go watch the emergence. Whoever wants to join me can come with me. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm gonna kill you if you get in my way. Yeah. And Sprite joins him because Sprite all along has had the big crush on and Rob we find Stark. That out, we find that out earlier. We we forgot to mention it. But uh, Sprite Sprite feels real bad because she's stuck in a little girl body. She's always been. She in love feels with him. bad that she can't love anyone because it looks like they'd be in a pedophilia relationship. I guess <laughs> she could just date kids. I mean, she didn't have to be exclusive. Um, but uh, yeah, them two. So them two are kind of become like the bad guys for like the last little act here of the film. While the deviant crow is still out there. Well, yeah, the de- yeah the big bad deviant guy is still out there as well, doing whatever he wants to do, kill yeah. the Eternals for whatever reason, become more powerful. So 
Icarus and them fly off, and they the guys they don't know what to do, so they're all just like. Uh, King goes like, I love you all too much, but I kind of see what Icarus is saying, but I won't fight you all either, but I'm not going to help him. Yeah, he just he just kind of so like gives just, up. He just leaves. He's just like, oh, I'm done Which with Which I thought was really lame because it's like the final battle comes up and you don't <laughs> even do anything. You just leave. I'm kind of just tired of all of it. I thought it. that was really lame. Uh, there, like I said, there are a couple lame moments, but... What was his power again? He had like the... Oh yeah, he had the pistol, the, the pistol, pistol guns and pistol the, the kami kami ah. That was so funny because I, I was I wanted them to say because they they Dragon Ball referenced Shang Chi, remember? Yeah, that's I was I was did. like they did it again. I was like, please they somebody kinda, say. They kind of did because there was the moment in the Amazon where he was like charging up. He's like, give me give me some time, and he was like charging up the ball. I was like, dude, we're gonna have a five minute like charge up time. It was great. I loved it. Uh, speaking of which, that reminds me of probably my one of my favorite moments in the entire movie. He when he's saying, give me time to charge on. He's got another one. Uh, he's doing like a big a gun blast instead of like a Kamehameha one. Yeah. And he's sprites like distracting him, and she stabs it, and he's trying he, to he charge like it. He like slides under it, and like he slides blows under it and shoots his brains in the face. out. And then it just covers him in the deviant blood, and he's just like, ah, ah. And then he he just shouts out, <laughs> Kunin, did you get that? And then you hear him in the back. He's like, I did so. I did so. <laughs> and like earlier, he's filming it the whole time. Earlier, when the action first started, he started filming stuff. He's like, "What are you doing? Get out of here!" He's like, "We need action shots, sir." Action shots, sir. And I, I love that relationship. They were just they're bravo to him. What was, he, he was, what was hilarious to me about his character was uh. They they break his camera like three times and he just has more he, he cameras. He says, "Always keep a spare." <laughs> I always have a and spare. And like the sprite breaks another one. She's like, "How many cameras do you have?" Oh, no, no, and then he she, immediately like has another one. I say, not only that, she she did a fun a kind of funny one, which I thought was interesting. She said, "How many cameras do you have, old man?" Yeah. Or no, mm, young man. She young said, man. "Young man," because she's obviously thousands yeah, she's years old, seven thousand years old. Um. So. Final battle start, or no, not yet, I'm sorry. The plan has now changed. Fostos. It's plan Z, basically. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Cersei is now in the room with the Arisham statue, and she doesn't know what to do. And Athena comes in and kind of gives her the old once-over pep talk, we, we need you deal. Um, Fostos runs in, and he also says, Cersei, we need you. And Athena's like, he already gave that speech. Yeah, that was pretty good too. Yeah, she she hypes like, her all what? up, what? and then yeah, he comes in to hype her all up, and just Angelina Jolie's like, I already, I already did it. Uh, but he has a plan. Fight. He thinks he can create the device to create the Unimind by taking the sphere out of her. Another funny little moment. He's literally doing his Doctor Strange hand thing, yep. and then he's about to do it, and then uh, Thing is all of a sudden she's like, "Don't kill her." <laughs> he's like. God damn it. I was mm. about to do it. Why you gotta say shit like that when the intense Pull moments? Pull the orb out of her chest. So he gets that out and he tinkers with it and he makes these bracelets that share Friendship power. Friendship bracelets. It, it literally are friendship bracelets. Yay. And they, they link all the Eternals together, which I thought was interesting because it, it starts off linking only the ones with the bracelet. Yeah. And then they all link. At the and end. then they yeah. all kind of linked yeah. at the end. Yeah. Yeah. So so I don't know what that was about. Uh, maybe it was different. Maybe that was when... This, oh, I, I know what that one was, actually. I can explain that. So, um, 
they start to come into the final battle. We see Sprite and Icarus just kind of watching the volcano. They're just sitting there. The Titan's <clears throat> apparently going to pop out of a volcano. Waiting for the end of the world. Just waiting for Earth to explode, and they're going to be fine because they're Eternals or whatever, and they'll just get whisked away by well, they didn't know that Eternal yet. or whatever. Who knows? Um, so the ship comes in, and all of a sudden, Icarus, and she's like, or Sprite's like, are you really going to go kill them all? He doesn't even say anything. He literally just, just like, yep. takes off, goes, and blasts his way in and um i can't remember what what it he blasts into the ship he, he breaks oh that's he, right he, he, he starts he attacking the Athena. ship in half not yet not oh yet. yeah he blasts in whatever he, it's on he drops into the ship and him and thena start doing like a back and forth and they have like a an iron man captain america civil war moment where he, yeah, he does the he beam does on the her beam shield on the and shield that's she right. like blocks oh, yeah, it so that, that was a cool that. little yeah. uh moment there um uh, he ends up getting knocked off the ship, and he flies out there. And he, like you said, he starts shooting Cuts it with the his ship in beam, half. Shoots it all up. Um, ship crashes. Makari and Cersei are on the beach. She has to pull her aside, and then she pulls the others outside of the the ship as well. And they all kind of have a little free for all with uh, with Icarus there. It's like it's like watching Justice League when everyone was fighting Superman. Yeah. Uh, everyone's tried, trying their tried, damnedest. Tried again to do, like, the Thanos fight or whatever. Tried to one-up. Because, like, this movie comes after Endgame. You know, you gotta one-up Endgame. How do you do it? You can't. It oh, I'm sorry. Do it. I also missed a little part. So before he... before After he shoots the ship and he jumps out, he attacks... Uh, Sorry, I'm getting, I'm getting a little confused. Oh, Unimportant. Anyway, they well, fight. Well, atta- he attacked Druig, and he sent him because Druig was, like, the main one they were trying to get to fall asleep, the, the Celestial. He picks him up throws him in the air and I blasts him into the earth. Oh yeah. yeah and yeah, yeah, uh, Makari yeah, thought he yeah. was dead. And then that's when he goes yeah, over, shoots fine. the ship, the ship crash lands, they all start coming out and they all start fighting. Um we get some really dope moments with Makari the speedster doing her fight sequences, doing the So yeah, Makari, the, the yeah, this was banding like, back and so forth. So finally we get to the coolest part of the whole freaking movie when when Makari fights Icarus and like she's the only one that stands a chance against him, which is which was completely Athena, obvious. Athena's pretty good. Yeah, I guess. Athena gets dragged off by the No, she follows him. Follows him or whatever. So in the middle of this battle, Crow, the deviant, jumps down and he showed he had washed up on the, the same island that they were because he know he, I guess he can sense them. And in the middle of the fight he jumps down and like punches Icarus once, but then Fastos uh, hits him and knocks him away, and she was like, "Why would you help Icarus?" And he and Fastos was like, "Because that thing is trying to absorb absorb all of our powers. I'm not gonna let him get yeah. Icarus." So he knocks him away, and he kind of runs off into this little cavern cave thing. or cavern thing, and Athena runs after him. Athena wants revenge because yeah, because yeah, he, he killed, killed Gilgamesh. Gilgamesh, which was her like love interest person. So they're still fighting Icarus, and all of a sudden, uh, Icarus is like, "Where's Cersei? Like she's not here. She need, and she she's already on her way to try to uh, spit, stop the Celestials' emergence." Yeah, he realizes the plan was been changed, and Cersei's gonna stop the Celestials so somehow. He tries to fly off, but then Fasa's like, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, you're not getting away so easy." And all of a sudden, like all around the ground, there's like hidden traps in the sand that shoot up these. 
uh, basically the ribbon tying thing that Doctor Strange does with his ribbon tying things on on Thanos. Yeah, basically that. Uh, and then pulls him pulls him back down into the earth. Remember that that they did three movies ago? Yeah, he does that again. Uh, it's similar, but not quite there. These it's were the same thing. Didn't have to use multiple people to hold Thanos or to hold Icarus. Um, yeah, because Icarus isn't as cool as Thanos. He never will be. Funnily enough, I got stuff to tell you. Um, so Icarus is now well, we locked in. Go. We've been here done. for fucking we're ever. We're almost done. Jesus so, Christ, you're telling the whole freaking movie. We're only at an hour. We got it. We got another hour and twenty minutes to go, oh, folks. Well, with the breaks like this, it takes longer. <laughs> so Icarus is now subdued at the moment, and even in this device, he can't even use his laser beams, which I thought was really cool because he would like try, and it was like yeah, a magnetic that was, force. That was really cool. So was he like tries, holding his yeah, he tries to use back. his laser beams, and they only like went out like so far, and they just kind of dwindled down into nothingness. So it was like, hey. It goes into the Athena battle where she goes into that cave to fight Crow, and he does his whole, I'm hiding in the dark, I'm telling you all these things. Okay, here we go. We're finally on to my part. Thank goodness, God, Jesus. This is the only part you remembered? This is the one part I've been wanting to talk about the whole time. So, Athena and the, the Crow guy fight, and it looks like Athena's gonna lose, and... Crow sticks his little needles into her and starts sucking her power, and then she like wakes up and surprise like cuts him into fifty thousand ribbons or whatever. Blah blah blah. The bad guy's dead. Crow's dead. Which was kind of a crappy bad guy, like you said, suffers of the like crappy bad guy syndrome of the Marvel one-off movie things or whatever. Well, it's it's not, I guess but, it's it's not so much, well, real quick. It's not so much that they fail. It's just they market the weak ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I they mean, obviously mark, it's a, I mean, it's a obviously it's misdirection. Like, you can't show off that Icarus is the main bad guy. Right. Or you can't show off that there's a celestial popping out of Earth. So you gotta show the one bad guy you kinda can show, which turns out to be the lamest one. But it's just a lot of the bad guys they kill off. But here's the thing, and it, it topped it off right here, but it happens throughout the whole movie. All the Eternals get attacked. And... Ajax, right? Aj Ajax? 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 She's Selma the Hyde. leader, right? Yeah, okay, okay. Her ability is to heal them, alright? They get wounded by the deviants, she heals mm -hmm. them. She's now dead. Healing power's yeah. gone. But throughout the whole movie, the Eternals are getting stabbed, poked, prodded, needles through the neck. They're fine. They're fine, though, now. They're fine. They don't need to be healed, though. It's fine now. Why? Why is that? I was going to say, I noticed when Icarus, and I thought I noticed it when Icarus. Because in the Amazon, Icarus gets like impaled through he's the back got a bunch like of wounds five times. After, and after the battle ends, you can see like there's a big one now on his fine. shoulder. They're robots. Angelina Jolie gets punctured through the neck with her powers, almost getting sucked <coughs> out, but then she cuts the guy into a building room and she's now fine. What? 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 The only thing that I can say is because what? they're robots, they don't actually have to be physically healed then why is her power healing because they didn't know that they were robots because their minds were wiped and they had to maintain the illusion so literally this guy's on a five head level thinking that if he fools them by creating a useless eternal that can heal them they'll think that they're not robots is that where you're trying to take this this is the stupidest plot point ever you brought, it you brought it up. We're I did bring it up because it sticks here. out poorly to me. 
Yeah, yeah. You don't How got often an explanation. Any superhero you movie don't got really an explanation. anymore. Do we see them actually like? She has visions because she's in the room. God, dreaming. don't bring this up. Brought, no, no. We're moving on. So he was survived. She cuts him up into no little dicey pieces. It's like Resident Evil all over again with the laser. Oh room. God, yeah. Okay. Um, Crow's dead. So she comes back out there. Uh, Cersei has. She's like she's literally playing the ground is lava. When it sh- it shows her running and there's just lava everywhere. And I'm like she's having to like jump over all jump, these lava skip and spots. Hop away. All the meanwhile, now the celestial is starting to come out of the earth. Yes, a um, giant hand. Ooh, not quite, not quite. And almost. his head's plopping out. Almost, uh, more or less. Cersei is on her way, and then all of a sudden she sees Ajax, and Ajax is like, "Cersei, you're not strong enough to do this." And she's oh, like. Yeah. Oh yeah, Sprite. You really think oh, yeah, you're that's what you dead. should do? Like, what? That's not gonna stop me. You might as well give up now. And all of a sudden, she gets stabbed in the back because it was an illusion. It wasn't just her, yeah, being the illusion. It was a full illusion. So she stabs her in the back with that Japanese short bladed katana. Um, and she uses that her... wound actually does damage compared to the other wounds the Eternals take that don't matter. Also, when Cersei gets rid of that blade, she turns it into water, and you just see water splash out the back, that was and then cool. she's fine. Um, yeah. But she's a robot, so they don't care about their wounds. They had to before, though, because they had Salma Hayek's character a, heal them all. It's a mental game. Uh-huh, right? sure, yeah, totally, um, totally. So, to stop Cersei, Sprite makes the illusion of, instead of one volcano, there's like 15 volcanoes now, and it's like... Yeah, but wouldn't the one that was there still be the same? Yeah, like the if same you remember one, which it, one it, it was. It never moved. It's obviously not the one that was way over to yeah, the right. Yeah, or all these know? over here yeah. to my left or right, and then... But she, that doesn't matter, though, because... She gives a little heartfelt speech saying that someone, we need to do this, and then Druid walks up behind her and clonks her in the back of the head with a rock. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Which I thought was kind of silly, <laughs> but because she went out... I'm so easily. So, yeah, Cersei totally. starts making her way up further and further, but that's when the emergence starts officially, and he actually starts coming out of the ground and whatnot. Which then, was very interesting. Uh, she doesn't. She sees. She sees the uh, bottom of the hand, the palm of the hand. She's like right in the palm of the hand. You can see its fingers are coming up out of the ground. You can see its, or it's like it's its left hand, and then you can see its head all the way out in the distance coming up out of the water. But she's in its palm, and. She tries to do her little thing, and it starts to work, and you hear the Celestial start to scream in pain, like, ah, she's turning my hand into something. Which, funnily enough, I thought it was I thought it was snow. I thought it was ice. I thought she was turning her ice, into ice. ice. Yes. But... It turned out to be marble. Turned it, yeah, yeah, marble, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she starts doing that. Icarus flies over to her, and he's like, here we are. It's me and you. What are we going to do here? And he, his eyes start to glow like he's going to hit her with the laser eyes. And then he they just go away. And then he starts to get all sad. And it flickers a couple more times. And then he still gets kind of sad. So, yeah. like I mean, he, he's sad. He, he's, he's all vis- sad. Visibly, he realizes. Visibly sad. He's like tearing up. And he's like, I can't, I can't do this. Fucked up. He, he realizes that he loves Cersei so much that he just he doesn't. He, he can't stop him, and it's he's gonna let her do what she needs to do. He to remembers save the world. all the sweet memories of walking around, chasing her around with the humans in five thousand BC. Yes, and all of a sudden, 
she she goes back in to try to turn the celestial into more marble, but it's still not quite enough power. Then all of a sudden, her uh, a big beam happens out of the palm of his hand, and she starts getting her goldy glow stuff. And then Icarus goes up in the air with his goldy glow stuff, and then everyone else starts floating in the air. Kind of looks like they're transferring energy all the way over to her. And then all of a sudden, this big beam of energy bolts down on top of her, and she slams down into the ground and uses her power, and it just completely starts to cover almost the entirety of the Celestial. The Celestial's name was Tiamat, by the way. I said that a few times. Ah, yes. Tiamat. Um, yes. So all of a sudden, he's definitely lo- it's a losing battle. The Celestial's completely starting to turn into marble. Celestial's dying. Um, and she just completely... Completely changes him entirely into marble, and stops the emergence because now it's just a dead marble being. Yep, and I'm not gonna lie, like I told you in the theater, the the in, the Earth in the MCU is getting some hella cool monuments. Like, can you imagine no. if that was just in the middle of our ocean? Now there's just a giant head and hand of a celestial in the Indian Ocean and made of marble. I can already see it. God forbid we get ten more years of Marvel movies. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. But in 10 years, we come back to another shot of Earth, and they've got that fucking head drilled out, mined out, and they're, they're people living in that someday. There's so a, it's gonna, they're going to turn it into cafe. nowhere. They're going to turn into a restaurant. There's <laughs> some, some shit like that. It's going to be all sorts of condos and housing with the fingers and everything. So they've won the day. Um, Icarus decides that he can no longer live... Knowing what he's done. Knowing what he's done to Arisham's grand design, and he decides to leave and shoot himself directly into the Fly sun. Fly a little too close to the sun this time. It's bad when you said it at the movie theater. It's bad joke saying it now. Um, Just offs himself. It was funny because I, I mentioned that to Mom. She was like, I wonder where, when he's going to come back. I was like, Mom, he literally killed himself and flew into the sun. He's dead. She's like, no, I don't see it. He's, he's going to come back. I'm like, Mom... Literally yeah. flies. Straight the story into the sun. is Icarus flew too close to the sun, and that's literally him flying into the sun. He did. So the remaining Eternals all meet up with each other and celebrate, party celebrate on. A little. Cersei apparently still has a little bit of celestial energy. As it turns out, the reason why they were all connected at that moment was because of the celestial. The cel- remember the celestial imbued powers into them. So when she connected with it. She was basically that's tapping right. into his power, yeah. uh, and that's what forced them all to okay. connect to each other. Uh, and that's also gotcha. why during the emergence, when the planet would explode, the Eternals didn't die. They just had their minds wiped, is because they were connected to that Celestial. Gotcha. Um, so we, a little bit later, we're back to South Dakota. That's apparently, apparently Ajax House is the place to be. That so little house on the hill. They they're just. Having a good time celebrating, living it up. No, I can't say living it up, but they're just kind of relaxing. Uh, there's a fucking celestial island is now on the news, and then nobody knows how the hell it got there. Yeah. And I was hoping for a bigger cameo, like it, like showing Avengers or something, saying, I don't know what happened. I've been on vacation or some, some shit like that. Um, but... We yeah, find... it'll, it'll be interesting to see how that comes into play because you can't really just go like, oh yeah, we don't have to worry about that giant head and finger sticking out of the Indian Ocean. It's like, yeah, no, it's that's that's kind of a big deal He's to like acknowledge. He's nothing. So 
they all kind of start going their separate ways again. Uh, Fostos has given... He's going to stay on Earth with his family, but he's giving Thena, Druig, and Makari basically the keys to the ship because they want to spread the word to the other Eternals across the universe of the truth. That they're all just robots. Yeah, and they're all and they're just being used bidding. to murder hundreds of people to create thousands of people to create billions of yes. people on trillions of planets that will get murdered still to create more. Yes. So... They decide to leave the planet, and a few weeks later, um, oh, I don't, I, I'm sorry, I, I totally skipped it. I was about to say it, and then I, I got distracted. But that extra celestial power that Cersei had, she gave it to Sprite to turn her human. She's tired of being a kid. So I don't know how that worked, but she turned a and synthetic she, robot she, into a human. Yeah. Does she still have her powers? I mean, what does that mean? Yeah, I don't know. Gave her a mortal life. But it jumps a few weeks. They're back in London. Sprite's arguing over the fact that she has to go to school which i thought was fucking hilarious seems, seems kind of stupid to me that she would choose to go to school but because like she's seven thousand years old i know she but knows it, 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 it sounds more like she's being forced by cersei or yeah. one of them to be like hey if you're gonna do this you're gonna, you do, need this, you're to, gonna do it all the way you're gonna go you need to, to be school. legit you need to interact and like uh, what kingo said uh you didn't really think you could get away without learning these social learning basic social skills right and he was like oh actually that explains a lot <laughs> so we meet back up uh, cersei and kit harrington he's shown up again her boyfriend he's finally happy, appears he's again. happy that she's back he said that he, she can't turn him into a giraffe he wanted to they mentioned that a couple times. He wanted to be turned into a giraffe after he learned that she was an eternal that could turn things into Because he always thought that she was a wizard like Doctor Strange. Yeah. Um, so they're they're talking. They uh, she's just she's basically telling him that she's gonna stay and that he's he's saying that I wanna be with you. I don't care what you are, who you are. I'll grow to be ninety and you'll still be the same age. I don't care. But then all of a sudden the sky turns black, she's freaking out, her eyes her chest flickers like they're with that orb in her and all of a sudden, the clouds clear away, and Arisham is actually at Earth. His face, his is whole fucking down. self. And, and yeah, we get a really cool shot of like Earth, really tiny, and just Arisham like floating right in, in space, just staring at Earth. And you're like, oh shit! But he pulls the Eternals that are left on Earth into space. It's Fastos, Kingo, and Cersei, and he basically says that. You defied me. If you really want this planet to live, I will let them. I'll spare them. But it's going to be based on your memories. If your memories prove that they're worth saving, I'll save them. But in the meantime, you're going to come with me and I'll be back for judgment. Which I thought was really cool because, I mean, he's... Yeah. Arisham, the, the judge, is what he's been called in the comics. So it was cool to have that line thrown out there. Um, so he warps away in this, like... Sing red super black hole cool. singularity yeah, kind of thing. That was super dope. Uh, takes, it kind of reminded me of like I don't know if you remember this in Harry Potter when they would touch the port keys. Yeah, and they would like yeah, kind of kind of like like swirl slurp, them, slurp and pull like, them into it or whatever. Bend, it kind of bend like that. and swirl and slurp into a little hole. Um, and Kit Harrington's right there. He was about to tell Cersei a little more of his family history, saying it's complicated. And then it cuts to the title sequence for the end. That was the official end of the movie. We get our title sequence. Uh, same standard title sequence as all the others. First credit scene, mid-credits. We It's still those few weeks later. Um, We're on the ship with 
with Thena, Makari, yeah, and, Druid, Makari and Druid, and they're like, we haven't heard from them. It's been a few weeks. We something's probably happened to them. And then Thena's like, Arisham, it has to be him. There's a reason why they're not answering. And they're like, all right, well then I guess we're gonna have to find them. And then suddenly, all of a sudden, something happens. rips open in the ship. Yeah, and, and, and out like, comes a little pint-sized satyr halfling troll gremlin troll monster man thing pip the troll pip the troll played by Patton oswalt which is funny because he was playing modok but i guess he's gonna play that now um surprisingly they did a cg character instead of a they could have got like a short person but yes pip the troll pops out and he does this grandiose introduction for another character who steps out of the portal who was Eros. He's another Eternal. He is the brother of Thanos. Thanos is an Eternal. He's been in... Uh, according to the comics, I don't know how accurate this is for the MCU, but... Eros is a Prince of Titan. Thanos was a Prince of Titan, but Thanos is an Eternal that was somehow infected with the Deviant Gene... That's, this is the comics talking. So, I mean, the, the MCU is a little different. He's actually, like, a race called the Titans. So, I don't yeah. know how they're going to... When they when they said Thanos' brother, that threw me for a loop. Because I was like, oh, they're yeah. actually going to go He's with that storyline. I didn't think they were going to do that. Um, but we uh, Eros is played we'll by Harry Styles. Uh, something I didn't really expect to see someone like him in the MCU. Yeah. But it's whatever. He didn't... Everyone will be in the MCU He didn't MCU do a bad eventually. job. It wasn't shit. Um, but he also has one of those gold orbs, and he's like, I'm going to help you find them. I know exactly where they are, and we're going to go get them. Yeah. And then it cuts again, and then we get one final credit sequence, and it's Kit Harrington back in his office at the London Museum or whatever, and he opens up this sword, or this uh, box, and he has trouble. He doesn't, even, he doesn't even think he should open it, but he's like, he's got to get the courage to do it, and he opens it up, and it's this cloth-wrapped blade. It's this super dope black Oozy cloth wrapped blade, which is like super dope looking. That's probably the coolest prop in the whole movie, honestly. Uh, they, they mentioned <laughs> it earlier in the movie, the ebony blade. It is the, the sword passed down through his family for generations. I, I don't want to go too much into it, mostly due to the fact that I don't know that much. Um, I don't know it at all. But he's about to touch the sword, and as he's about to touch the sword, you can see like there's something in it. Yeah, there's like a little like oozy warp that's like trying to reach it's like out trying to and touch, touch him, him, but it can't because it's trapped inside the blade. And I can't remember what it. The, there was three words on the inscription, and it was like something about death. It was like death above something. Um, anyway, he's about to touch it, and then all of a sudden, someone's behind him and speaks and says, "Are you sure you want to do that, Mister Whitmore?" And he looks over his shoulder, and then it cuts to black. And only if you're a very avid movie fan and you know <laughs> actors' voices would you have been able to tell who that was because they didn't show it. It was Mahershala Ali, was a.k.a. Black. our new MCU Blade. Yes. And boy, howdy, it really makes me think that they were really going to try to get the Blade movie out by next year. If he's already in this end credit scene, I, mean, yeah. I guess he wasn't in it, in it, you know. Yeah. But the fact that... That, that's there and he's coming. I don't know, I mean, maybe it's just like the start of what's to come, you know. It could be, and we, I mean, it could be a little Because we bit. had no idea Kit Harrington was going to come in being Black Knight. I had a feeling. That was going to be a big role I mean, of when, when they add characters that 
and they say, oh, his name's just Dane Whitman. It's like, no, that's the name of the character that was Black yeah. Knight. You kind of have a feel. And then it's funny because up until the release, he was saying, oh, I don't know if they're going to do anything with my character. I haven't heard anything, blah, 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 blah. And then clearly, clearly they're, they're doing something, do something with it. And it, it'll be it attached awesome. into Blade at one point or the other somehow, which will be so, funs. Be really interesting to see his version of Blade. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you what. I mean, the movie it wasn't the best Marvel movie. It was a little long, had some dull moments, but overall, I'd still give it a seven, maybe a seven point five. It was just a little too long for me for something that's supposed to be new. All like, the actors were good. They had a great cast of actors the director is good she's done good work but i was bored with it all all the writing all the like actual acting just seemed very just plain like just there was no like emotional levels there were like here and there and all that but like it just wasn't enough to me it seemed again like i said i think it's mostly because we've never seen these characters before and we're and supposed yeah, to just, just know wasn't, them there wasn't as much attachment to them and like i don't know if it was yeah just because like maybe i don't know them as much but like i knew who captain america was before captain america came out i knew iron man was a i'd never even had heard of the eternals before they're, they're newer they, like, they were um so it's like whoa wow you're they, they've been going, they had been going big you but know? they didn't get prominent until the early 2000s they're, they went i think they just went like a little too big too quick with this there's you know, a lot to take in with yeah. one movie, but at the same time, I feel because of this one movie, but yeah, it opens up a lot. Yeah, I think I think that was a lot. Like this is the this is the like you just gotta bite down somewhere movie, and like it, it's gonna suck at first, but then like now you're gonna be grateful it's later not, on it's down. Not a good way to promote a movie. You gotta bite down hard and, and take it in. That's I mean I think that's what it is. Like the movie's not that great. There's tons of other better Marvel movies out there, but like you're gonna have to just watch this one and take it in order to like understand the concepts of like there's celestials now there's a big space like game going on here you got to understand we're on a bigger scale here and it's funny because i almost would put this if if it was in a, if the same spot as this one if you were if you just switched them it'd be the same thing uh immortals the immortals or the not not the immortals the um inhumans sorry the, oh. the Inhumans, because that was going to be a movie, remember, before oh. it became a TV show. And I kind of see the, the same oh. problem with both. You get a lot of people at once that you're just supposed to know and have synergy with each other. Yeah. And then you just kind of, you, you just have to accept them. Yeah, but that was... Well, the, I mean, the TV show was obviously a different take than <laughs> what the movie was going to be. Ooh. I bet if they had done the movie, it would have probably been at the same level as Eternals. Yeah, man, I can see that, that. That's what I'm trying I to say. I can see that, maybe. I don't yeah. think it would have been terrible, but it would have been the same. You probably would have thought it was boring trying to get with all the... Yeah. Trying to figure it all out and get it all that shit at once. No, no one had, like, enough screen time, I felt, to, like, really glorify them. And, like, the moments they had would just seem very dull. So, to like, to me, the best I moments mean, were, like, with Arisham. Anytime he'd show up, it was just like, oh, I want to see more of the Celestials. Yeah, or, um, when, I'm sad to say, when Kit Harrington showed up, he I don't know why his character yeah. dominated more. I don't know. Yeah. I, I liked him in the movie more. But, anyway, solid 7 out of 5. 7.5 out of 10. Sorry. I'd give it a 3 out of 5. Oof! That's it was just really dull. Oh, wait. Out of 5. Sorry. I'm... <laughs> I was thinking like, 3 out of 10. I was like, damn, that's low. 
And it was just really dull. Well, it's, like I said, it's not the worst movie in Marvel. And it it's seems not the best. like the whole point of it was to like just get you grounded in where like Marvel needs to be going. I don't know. I don't know because like it seems like the multiverse was like the big like setup right now. Like we had Loki and we have like Doctor Strange and Spider Man coming. It's all multiverse stuff. And now we have like hold on over here we got Eternals, which uh, there's Celestials and stuff. It's like no 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 no. I want back in this see, cool that, multiverse. That's the one thing that I like is they're they're starting to take on it multiple seems like fronts. We now got two two splits going on. Now. That's what I like though is because I don't like that. Well, the reason why I say that is because I think that those two paths are gonna converge back. Well, better because the Cause, celestial one kind of sucks right now. Because I think opinion. we're gonna get into Secret Wars, because <laughs> Secret Invasion is being filmed right now as yeah. we speak. Yeah. And I think we're gonna start getting into that kind of kind of stuff. It feels like they're starting to do more comicy main main comicy storylines than here's the, here's the question: Would you be interested in seeing these characters again for Eternals two? Yes. Really. Yes. Because I, I got through them the first time. They didn't completely they didn't completely suck at it. I think there was just enough in that first movie to where if they did a second, they can improve it and get everything out of it that you're even... Everyone that's... All we have is just... Eight of them. Eight of them? No, now. seven of them. Seven of them. Eh. Six of them. Seven. Seven. Sprite, Thena... Sprite... Age Sprite's of, gone. Or, Sprite's a human. No one. Is yeah, I guess you're right. She technically, I guess six if you count that. Yeah. yeah, three and three. Well, now it's seven again because Eros is back. Eros is there. Oh yeah, I guess. Uh -huh. Regardless, there's probably hundreds of know. Eternals. It seems like it's attempting to be like you know another like small knit like Guardians. Like Guardians of the Galaxy works because it's like four or five of them, right. and they play that off well. But like once you get past that number, there's too many. But see, that's what I was thinking. They start off with a big number, now they're down to small groups. So I'm saying that if they do a continuation, I think it's small enough to where it would mm, work. Because, I mean, it's based, based on the plot from what we've seen, half of them are going to be the main story and half of them are going to be hidden away. So then you're well, really half down to, of so them are really, going to be looking for the other half. I'm saying you're really down to just three now. Mm. And originally there was 12. Before they shortened imagine, it to 10 for the movie. you imagine? Gosh. So, Anyway, oh, that being said, boring. we need to wrap this up. I don't care to see any more of them again. Hour and forty. I I, I do. I'm I'm curious to see. My, but but my interest in seeing them again. What is more to are they gonna do? Again, to to further my interest in the in the bigger picture is the only reason why I'd. It seems like yeah. It seems like their characters inserted in to go like oh gosh we gotta have the celestial do something and it's like how do we get them to do this? It's like I uh, create a bunch of Eternals that that pressure them to do it. Like, ah, good idea. We'll see. That's my view on it. That being said, we have to wrap this up. We have a Twitter. It's at expect E N T M T. At expect E N T M T. We have an Instagram that has no photos on it. It's expect entertainment. Follow it. Tell us to post pictures on our Twitter. Tell us on Twitter to post pictures on our Instagram. It might work. This was about Eternals. It was eternally long. I didn't think it was terribly long. I thought it was just a little bit longer for what it... What, for what it very repetitive. Do. Very just... Ah, yes, these are the Eternals and these are what they do. But it, it's like... Like I said, I mean, it's like... I wouldn't have asked for them, but now that I've had them, I'm glad I did. I don't need, necessarily need, need any more. Yeah, I don't need any Unless they can... 
work it better, which they might. I mean, uh, who knows what what's going to happen with the the MCU? We've got some big movies coming out soon. Um, here in about forty days, we've got Spider Man No Way Home. They finally oh, released boy. the first freaking poster. I don't know what took them so damn long. This poster, I mean, I mean, yeah, it is kind of spoiler, but they could have put out a poster that wasn't spoilery. I Would think. you want two posters, one spoiling and one non-spoiling? I have two posters for every single Marvel movie. There's a <laughs> teaser and a final. There's literally that's literally what they do. But Sony, because it's Sony, and that's not right. Disney. Sony, they only do Sony is just one. like here. Just give me one and fucking one poster. Goes, and the that poster for uh, Far From Home was literally just Spider-Man's head with. Bags, bag, uh, yeah, the the travel, bag planes, travel yeah, from different countries, yeah, that's right. So they got a, this is a lot better than that. Anywho, uh, that wraps it up for us today. It does, as always. I, I said it earlier. I'll say it this time. I am the eternal, eternally tan. I'm always eternally tanner. There you go. Mm, wow. Sorry, I'm, it took me two or three I'm times. I'm still Glenn. Yeah, well, yours is easy. You don't have a twin. This is expecting entertainment. Until then, expect. Better than Eternal. I wouldn't care to watch this movie again. I would only because it's an MCU movie. But that's just me. Anyway, Avida Sain, so long, bienvenue. Bye.